Whether you're a pistachio purist who loves the experience of cracking them open or you love the convenience of no-shell pistachios like myself, Wonderful Pistachios is the perfect healthy snack for when hunger strikes. And there are a bunch of tasty flavors to choose from too, like honey roasted, smoky barbecue, jalapeno lime, and more. Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates, national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. You're here for another episode of Paper Route. I'm Corey Holmes, and I'm here with Ashley Nicole Moss and Brandon Marshall. How are we doing today? Let's go. It's Monday. We ready to get after it? It's Monday. Start, fight, start Monday. fast. Ashley, Was that I, on key? How, how about this? How about Monday. So <laughs> stick to sports. I know, I'm a terrible singer. Wait, my voice was a little... <clears throat> Hold on, let me try again. It's Monday. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, that's good. That, that no, time around was good. Cool. No, keep going. No, 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 I can't. I can't. Hey, yo, Corey, how about <laughs> Ashley this weekend? I ran into her in Miami Design District, and she had like twenty bags. That's cat. Oh, just blew a bag this weekend. Ashley, tell the people people what you bought. Tell the people what you. I didn't buy anything when you saw me. Really? With twenty bags? Ashley, not when I saw you earlier in the day. You. I had no bags in my hand when you ran into me. I don't want to put your business. The only thing that I did buy was I got um, a perfume that I've been wanting for like. A year from Baccarat. That's about it. That's <laughs> yeah, about good it. Time. Hey, if y'all want to have a good time, yeah. Contessa was amazing, you... though. Shout out to Contessa. Great New food. restaurant. If yeah. y'all want to have a good time in South Florida, I know a lot of Miami's hot. It's the hottest city in the world right now. For sure. Over Dubai, over New York, over LA. Yes. Dubai. Over mm. Dubai. I don't know. Mm. I've never been to Dubai. I can't make that comparison. Well, I, I remember you were invited to Dubai and Cosmo. Yeah, under bad circumstances. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, if you want to have a good time in the hottest city um, in the world right now, Corey, all you got to do is follow Ashley Nicole Moss's Instagram <laughs> and her stories. Yeah, right. Does she have a good time? Oh, my goodness. Every weekend, you got the, night, the hottest restaurants. Mm-hmm. You're, t- you're almost you like a little what? foodie. I, I love food, and I think as I've gotten older, like when I was younger, it was more about, like, the clubs and the parties and mm-hmm. things like that. And that was when Miami was, like, OG party Miami. Yeah. Like, that was, like, dream, play. Mm. Like, that was before all these other new spots. Now I think that I'm older, I like vacations, and mm. I like trying restaurants and, like, lounges and stuff. But I'm, I'm good on the club. I'm not the club friend anymore. Yeah. If you try to go turn up at the club... I'm not the friend to do that with. I'm yeah. not interested. Call yeah. somebody else. Call right, well, somebody else. <laughs> Call Brandon Marshall. He'll go right, with you. Right, right, right. All right, guys. Well, let's get into the show. <laughs> we got a good one for the people today. We're going to talk the Warriors and the Grizzlies. Is there a rivalry brewing there? We'll talk that. And Lamar Jackson, he actually teased a uh, clip to an interview that he's having uh, dropping soon. We'll talk yes. that. But first, we got to talk about the Dallas Cowboys. They made a couple moves this weekend. This weekend, right, the Dallas Cowboys traded for wide receiver Brandon Cooks. So in that deal, they sent 
uh, fifth-round pick in this year's draft and a sixth-round pick in next year's draft to the Houston Texans, again, for wide receiver Brandon Cook. So, uh, Ashley, I'm going to start with you. Does this move put the Cowboys in a position to win the NFC East? Well, we were going to win it with or without Brandon, So, but I'm glad that we have him. But it was going to happen regardless. But in all seriousness, I will say, you know, 29 years old, um, what, last year with the Texans, and this is, you got to go ahead and put that into perspective because the Texans were kind of in disarray. 700 yards, um, I think with the offense and the quarterback that we have, you'll see that number a lot higher. If you look at the year prior, he had over 1,000, um, over 8,600 in his career. Um, so I'm excited. You know, it's a little bit, I think a lot of people like myself. You don't myself, sound excited. You know <laughs> what on, I mean? That, you, like, come on, I'm not, man. I mean, I'm not jumping up and down, but I'm excited. I think that it's necessary. Look, I think CeeDee Lamb's taking a huge leap in his career. He's going to go ahead and obviously be wide receiver and number one. But Michael Gallup wasn't really a number two. I think he was more of a three. Um, and also, mm-hmm. he deals with a lot of injuries sometimes. So his availability is also something that was worrisome for Cowboys fans. So you have this guy coming in under the age of 30, very productive, even on a team that was not that good. The Houston Texans, I believe they were the worst, they were the worst team in the NFL last season. You get this guy coming in. He's going to be your number two option. Going to give Dak another offensive weapon that he really needs. Obviously, losing Amari Cooper was a huge thing for the Dallas Cowboys last season offensively. So it's going to be nice to round out that group, that wide receiver group. Also, I think a lot of people are surprised. I know I am. I'm a little surprised. You know, you were hearing the words Odell Beckham thrown around a lot. You were hearing DeAndre Hopkins thrown around a lot. There were some clues that maybe it would happen. See, maybe it. it wouldn't happen. See, that's the, that's the challenge. But that's but the I'm challenge. You see how you're lighting up now? She mm-hmm. says OBJ. She has DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. She comes I was, to life. I right. was more. Why you can't do that with Brandon? Cooks? I was more. <laughs> I was more excited for DeAndre Hopkins than Odell. Truthfully, I I personally I can understand. Was. That I personally was. Then. Why? Why? I just feel like DeAndre Hopkins is still really elite, and I think that he'd be more dependable when it came to injuries or lack thereof versus an Odell. Odell's coming off of, you know, a major injury. Nobody really knows how healthy he is. You know, that was one of the reasons that I think he didn't get signed by the Cowboys a few months ago was because I think there was a lot of question marks about how healthy is he actually, and I think it's interesting, you know, if the Cowboys didn't sign him, Jerry Jones loves a star. Listen, we got stars on our helmet, but Jerry Jones also loves a star. And I think that the fact that I feel like the fact that he didn't go ahead and, you know, (laughs) make that happen with Odell, there was some things that maybe we didn't know. But I'm excited for Brandon. I think that it's going to be a nice way to round out that receiver core group, like I said, and it's going to help Dak put some points on put points on the board for us. So I'm not mad at it. Listen, does this move put the Cowboys in position to win the NFC East? Um Absolutely, this move puts the Cowboys in position, Ashley and Corey, uh, to win the East and potentially even win the Super Bowl. Mm. Why? And I hate to agree with you on this Dallas Cowboys topic, Ashley. They were already in position. They're Mm. one of the teams Mm -hmm. every over the last few years since that been behind the hem outside of the year. He he snapped his ankle. They snapped his ankle. It's a really good team. Now we can talk about Dak Prescott all we want. Oh I my hate goodness! They snapped the ankle. Yeah, just, they snapped it. Oh, just fractured it. That snapped the ankle. Snapped. But 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 we can talk about Dak all we want. We can talk about Jerry Jones. We can talk about this coach McCarthy. You know, is he the guy? Is he not the guy? Just look at the the the, the win and loss column over the last couple of years. They've been a team that's gone on streaks. That they've been a team that played really good ball. Now. 
You go add uh, uh, Gilmore, bumper run Gilmore. You go si- re-sign some of these guys. You, mm-hmm. You're in perfect position and Brandon Cooks. That's why I feel like it's a little bit disrespectful right now how you're talking about Brandon Cooks. You're saying you're excited, but you're not really smiling. But then when you what talk you about DeAndre Hopkins and OBJ, then you light up a little bit. Brandon Cooks on. is a dog. I didn't light up with OBJ, but I've always been a huge DeAndre Hopkins fan. Well, you so need to be a new Brandon Cooks been, fan. It would have been exciting to have him in a this Cowboys. I've need. been a fan of he him for his entire career. He is the perfect compliment to CD. I'm not mad I'm, I'm, at You it. should be excited. You need to be more okay, excited. Okay, Brandon, I'm so excited you. you're coming to Dallas. Woo! Brandon Cooks, yes, go. Number two? Is that better? <laughs> <laughs> because, like, listen, this is the perfect. Ashley, yes. we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna go back. Because I, I haven't seen him in a, in a minute, right? Because he's been in damn prison for about two years. I, how long has he been Has he been with the Texans? Know, right? He's yeah, been with the Texans two years. He's been in prison. This dude, he, he tried his best to get out last year before that yes. trade deadline. Mm-hmm. This dude is an absolute baller. He's not a Stephon Diggs. He's not one of those type of receivers. What he is, he's a, he, he takes the top off. Yeah. And he's mm-hmm. able to run the entire route tree outside. He's a little dude. And most people think, like, oh, he's a slot receiver. No, he's not that. How tall is he? Um, your height. How tall he's is five, he? He's 5'7"? Probably. I, no, I, I, Brandon, stop. Do, I'm going to look that up right now. He's 5'10". Don't That's try that, man. He's not 5'10". It just says he's pulling what y'all say the 30 year old say cap that's cap he, he ain't it, no five he said five ten i just so, looked it up on the nfl so, so here here we go here's my notes this is what i wrote down right to your question Corey. very good question mm-hmm. a great way to start monday um a hot start to this show um they're already in position um what they need is this they need to be able to overcome failure they need to face failure and overcome it what do i mm-hmm. mean by that this is a team that has a lot of pressure on it this team, the Dallas Cowboys, every single year, they dominate the headlines. They dominate, dominate the sports airways. We're always talk, talking about them because you have these amazing fans in this big business, okay? With that being said, when you don't make it, you, you carry that pressure. When you don't make it and you got to come back in the locker room the next week, the next season, you're thinking about these things. Every day in a, with the Dallas Cowboys and there's other teams and other organizations out there, it's either we win or we don't, right? That's it. That's why it's so easy to talk about the Dallas Cowboys because, you know, it's simple. Are you guys going to win a Super Bowl? Anything else is failure. We don't want to hear anything else. So if they're able to overcome that, they're going to be in prime position. Um, also, Dak's interceptions. That's a big deal. Can Dak overcome that? Mm-hmm. That's on Dak. Dak mm-hmm. has everything he needs. Dak is a great quarterback. I've said it. Go back two weeks and maybe see some of our content. I explain why Dak is a great quarterback. You compare his first seven years to Ben Roethlisberger, to Drew Brees, to Tom Brady, and I think we may have broken down another uh, legendary quarterback, potential Hall of Famer. And his numbers, if it's not right there, they're better. They're better than Tom Brady's. They're better than Drew Brees's. In seven years, you can't tell me that Dak Prescott is not the guy. He is the guy. I had 17 quarterbacks. So if Dak's able to deal with that and get back to just being confident and in control, they'll be right where they need to be. They also need to be able to overcome, um, you know, guys leaving. Kellen Moore is a big deal. Their offensive coordinator, Dak losing Kellen Moore is a big deal. I don't think that's as big as a deal as you think it is. It is a big deal because you know why? Mike, uh, Coach McCarthy, you think he's the answer? No, but the new guy that they have in, I think Kellen Moore and Dak Prescott were on different pages when it came to the offense. I think that Kellen Moore was coaching the Dak pre-injury. 
I think Dak post-injury is a different type of quarterback. There were certain plays that he would call that weren't really, you know, adhering to what Dak does now. You know, he's not the guy who's going to go ahead and run like he was before his injury. I think that he, I think that injury kind of set things into perspective for him that he can't run as much as he wants to. Right. So he was, he's more into throwing the ball. He's more into running the ball. He doesn't want to have to go ahead and move his feet if he doesn't have to. And you can even watch it. I mean, he's gotten better this season, but if you compare it, especially to last season, there was an apprehensiveness about him to move. You know, it would, all his options would, would just be falling by the wayside and it's like, move your feet, Dak. And he's like, taking too long to make a decision. I think that has to do with when you get an injury like that, yes. it changes the way you play well, it's as not, a quarterback. It, no, it, it just, for some yes, guys. Yes, for some it, guys. Yes, yes, but there's also something else that we need to talk about, right? When we see our athletes go down with mm -hmm. these type of injuries, whether it's the Dak Prescott, uh, I forget what they call it. It was, wasn't a, it was a fracture, I believe. Yeah, it's a fracture, but what do they call that? Uh, so help me out. Like here. A, what, a compound? Compound. Compound fracture. Yeah. Compound fracture. So that's a big deal. Uh, ACL, that's a big deal. Collarbone, yes. that's a big deal. Head is a big yes. deal. When you go down with those type of traumatic injuries, um, it plays with your mind for yes. some time. It may take some guys a year or two to come back. Football, even think about this. Football players are tougher than basketball players. Fact. Basketball players are, are soft, right, Corey? That's fact. Some of these injuries, like Clay Thompson, he, what was his Achilles? It was uh, ACL and an yeah, Achilles. Back back. It took him two years to get back. Well, the injuries were back-to-back. -back. I know, but I'm talking about even after that. It took him two years. KD, like some of these injuries, mm -hmm. these guys sit out a whole year. Football players are back in six or seven months. So they're back physically, but they're not back mentally. Right. Right. So that's, that's to your Dak Prescott right. uh, point is Dak coming back, you know, yeah, he's back physically, but back mentally – Maybe not. Maybe 70%. I think you're going to see a complete Dak this year. And then also don't forget Dak Prescott last year in camp. Undisclosed injury. What is going on under right. the armpit, shoulder? I think what the also, though, on? I think the offense, just taking Dak out of and looking at it as a whole, the offense was a little predictable with Kellen Moore. It got to a point where, you know, the defense is kind of knew what the Cowboys were going to do. Right. There wasn't a lot of creativity there. There wasn't no Andy Reid magic, you know, like they have in Kansas City. And it was like, you don't really know what's coming your way. Sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. You know, I think that that was an issue with Kellen Moore and that offense also. So it's going to be interesting to see what you know, the new formula looks like and, and how trash. that goes ahead. <laughs> I mean, because, like, I, oh, oh, well, there's always not trash. a Cowboys like, here joke. Is, here there's is. always a no, Cowboys joke. No, it's not trash, because like, I'm, I'm, I'm betting on Dak Prescott and I'm betting on these weapons, right, to get the job done. Mm -hmm. Brian Schottenheimer, that was my offensive coordinator in Seattle my last year. Mm -hmm. I like Brian Schottenheimer. But Brian Schottenheimer, and, and his offense is very simple. It's what we're, what we're, what we're, what we're used to seeing from... Uh, McCarthy from a Kellen Moore, if that's what you're saying. Right. It's a little, it's a little. Brian Schottenheimer is not Andy Reid. Brian Schottenheimer is not uh, 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 Kyle Shanahan. Brian Schottenheimer is not uh, Sean McVay. He's not that. He's not that. So you're still going to get a vanilla I don't think, approach. I don't, think, I don't think he's Kellen Moore, though. I think he's a tier about that. No, 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 no. I, you I'm don't think so? I'm telling you. you, you it's say, simple ball. You say they're the same? Which I like, though. But are they the same? Um, I think Kellen Moore, don't forget, Kellen Moore was one of the hottest candidates. He was, but I think that as an offensive coordinator for this offense, it has it had ran its course. I think, I, I think listen, it's all about, it, it, there's an art and science to play calling. 
You know, it's not just about drawing up plays. It's can you call it on game day? Uh, Brian Schottenheimer, he's he's okay at it. He's okay. That's not. You know, I'm not convinced with that. To me, it comes down to the players. That's what that's what we started this conversation. With. I know we got to go to the next uh, topic here, but um, it started off with the players. You got Archer now, and you just trade for him. Mm-hmm. Gave up a bag of peanuts, so that's good. But he can still ball. My only concern with the Cowboys is. Tony Pollard now because you lose Ezekiel Elliott and yes Zeke was a hefty price tag but I think that I don't think Zeke's washed I think that he's still a battering ram and I don't know if Tony Pollard is the running back that can carry the load for the type yeah, but guess of what they're gonna do they're gonna need a backup they're gonna get him in a but drive. I would I would love if I mean we talk about with Darius Slay and how he left and then came back I would love if there is some possibility to restructure Zeke's deal for him to come back no, because I got to get over. This is business. It's over. You don't think it's possible it's for Zeke to come back under yeah, a restructured deal? Yeah, but it's deal? over. But for the for the Dallas Cowboys, which y'all need right now is just go in the draft and go get you a young guy that could potentially be the guy, right? Because Tony Pollard, to your point, he hasn't had one year over 200 carries, right? He can't carry the load. That's a big deal. And he's coming off that injury. Yes. So I think he's going to come back. He's going to be productive. He'll be electric. We we know that. But you bring in a young guy that can be that cowbell, you'll be fine. What we got, yeah, Corey, right. to cut? Moving on. So we got Lamar Jackson. Actually, over the weekend on his Instagram page, he posted Ooh. a tease. It was like a little tease clip of an upcoming interview, right? And in that interview, he answered the question of, you know, what was it like adjusting to the West Coast offense, you know, as a rookie? And then he also answered the question or really just addressed some of you know, the limitations or the, the things that people were, were saying he wasn't capable of as a quarterback. But let's take a look actually at that clip. We have it for you guys. Mm. People like to label you as a running back. People like to knock your ability to throw the ball. But despite being in a run-heavy offense, you actually came into the league in 2018 learning the West Coast offense under Marty Morningway. How did that experience learning the West Coast offense help your overall growth as a quarterback? Uh, you know, I'll just say the biggest thing for me coming out of college, um, entering the West Coast um, system was terminology. Like, I feel like the passing concepts, they, they was pretty similar to Bob Petrino's passing concepts as well. Um, it was just me going from signals, you know, just calling plays from signals, um, really just saying the protection at the line of scrimmage, not necessarily just calling out a play in the huddle, to well, in youth football, I used to call it plays in the huddle, but, you know, high school, no huddle, you know, just signals, college, same thing, no huddle, signals, going into the league. Now I got to tell a bunch of grown men the plays, you know, the, the play, the protection, you know, probably a, a proper out, you know, depending on the X, the Z, you know, whatever, however, um, however it may be at the time. Um, it was really the terminology with the uh, West Coast system. It wasn't the concepts or anything to learn, really. It was just me calling out plays to the guys for real. So again, that was just like a little clip, but Brandon, what are, what are you expecting to hear in the full length interview that, that should be dropping soon? Ashley says she likes it. I actually love it, Ashley. Um, you it, saw that shirt? Yeah. Lamar Jackson experience? Yeah, it's owed to Michael Vick? Oh, I Remember love the that. Michael Vick experience? Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Oh, okay. mm-hmm. so, so I actually love this uh, for Lamar. 
And if I'm a young athlete right now, I'm actually taking notes. Hell, not even young athletes, because you have veteran athletes that are under multi-year, multi-million dollar deals, and they don't understand the game that they're in. They don't understand how the game has shifted. This is a $16 billion industry, and this is not, we're not, this is not football. This is media, media. There's going to be almost $500 billion spent in advertising this year. So athletes, things have shifted. Control your narrative. What we're taught and groomed to, 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 to operate as athletes, Ashley and Corey, is stay in the box. Don't rock the boat, right? Talk less. Play more. And then what happens is the media control your narrative. The teams control your narratives. How do you, who do you think Adam Schefter is getting all this information from? And then all the other guys, the, the, the other insiders that's on ESPN, NFL Network, they have relationships with the owners and the general managers. This shit is real. The owners and general managers are feeding them this stuff. Where do you think they're getting this from? If you see something, probably it's probably true. I never forget playing for the Denver Broncos. Never forget walking in one, one year. I'm coming off another Pro Bowl year, big year. I'm top five in everything. And there's reports coming out that the Denver Broncos is shopping Brandon Marshall. Now, for me, it was because of what I was having off the field. But that was reports. Like, they didn't talk to me about that. I walk, and this is coming from Adam Schefter. I walk in. I walk into to, to the to the facility. I'm like, Coach Shanahan, what's going on here? Oh, don't don't listen to Adam Schefter. That that stuff don't. That's baloney. That's, that's baloney. <laughs> but then do your research. Do you know where Adam Schefter started on the beat in Denver? Who wrote who who wrote his uh his little description for the his plot book? Thickens. Coach Shanahan, Mister B, great ties, right? So I'm saying all to say is. These relationships between teams and media is a real deal. It's real. Athletes, we don't understand, you know, how to play the game. Lamar Jackson doesn't talk. And for Lamar Jackson to come out and say, you know what? It's time for me to talk, but I'm also going to do it on my own network. I'm going to build my own network. What is it? Truce? Truce? Trust? Mm -hmm. Big Truce? Big Big Truce production. (laughs) So I love this. Athletes should take notes. Uh, we're sitting back and we're letting everybody else control our narrative, whether it's the teams, it's the, you know, the owners, the media, the fans, and you need to be able to stand up and, and, and talk for yourself. You saw Aaron Rodgers do it last week. If Aaron Rodgers didn't go into Pat McAfee show last year, uh, last week and say, look, I'm waiting on the Green Bay Packers. This is what's going on. Here's my side of the story. Here are my facts. Right now, what we'd be talking about on ESPN, FS1, Pat McAfee, Paper Route, all the smoke. You know what we'd be talking about? The same thing. No, Aaron Rodgers is a diva. Aaron Rodgers is holding this up. That's what I mean by the same thing. Yeah, but Aaron Rodgers, he he sends in this list of his demands. He wants Allen. He wants OBJ. He came out and controlled that narrative. Guys who who have done this before, Draymond Green, Ashley. Draymond Green, y'all want to push back and y'all want to give Draymond shit for going out there in the finals and doing his podcast? Why am I going to sit down with ESPN to tell him what I'm thinking when I can jump on my own podcast? Now I'm built my own network. Why would I do that? I thought it was genius. But everybody want to bash, bash why? Because we're institutionalized. That's why we are Ashley. We're institutionalized as athletes. If you do something that's deviant or outside the box, it's a problem. No, deviant. Draymond Green, deviant. You like that. <laughs> and then the last one is Tom Brady. You saw it last year with Tom going through a divorce. Tom didn't go on hiding. Tom came out and said, I'm going through some shit. 
He made he he humanized himself. He didn't run from it. He didn't. No, I, I've been gone for 11, 12 days. I had to handle some personal things. He used curse words, right? He didn't go up there and just be all buttoned up. People actually leaned in when he did that. So I love this, Ashley. Um, I'm excited to to watch. I don't know when it's going to drop. Um, I think what we're going to see is him address his contract. I think what we're going to see him address is, you know, this whole fight between should he should he have an agent or not, his mom um, representing him. And then he obviously talking about ball, right? Because there's this big conversation around, you know, Lamar Jackson as a pocket passer. Is he the guy? Can he do it? Mm -hmm. He's just been MVP. I don't know, Ashley, but I actually love it. And I'll be tuned in watching this. Yeah, I mean, I, I love this also. I think that there comes a point where, you know, when you try to adhere to the normal media landscape of things and you say, okay, it doesn't matter what people think. Like, I know what's going on behind the scenes. But eventually it gets, you know, tiresome. Eventually it's like, no, this is not true. You guys have the wrong idea about me. And this is what's really going on. And I think that Lamar taking this conversation into his own hands, you know, there are still going to be people who think that he's lying. There's still going to be people who think that he's foregoing information there's going to be people who you know can hear black and white words coming out of his mouth and still find the gray area in between them but at least you go ahead and you put your narrative out there and the people who you know take the time to dissect that and believe that and look at the bigger picture of things and look at things from both sides of the spectrum both sides of the conversation will walk away with hmm maybe Lamar's not maybe Lamar's not getting the fair end of the deal here maybe he does have a reason to feel x y and z and I think that that's really important. So I'm glad that he's taking the opportunity, you know, with all of the resources that we have, you know, YouTube, IG, Twitter, TikTok, whatever the case may be, and saying, you know what, I'm done playing nice. I'm done allowing everyone to speak for me. I'm going to speak for myself, and I'm here for it. I'm not mad at all. Mm. Corey, how do you feel? Are you excited to watch this? Will you be watching this? I'm very excited. I'm very excited. Like you mentioned, I really like the fact that he has his own production, right? Lamar Jackson Entertainment Trust Productions. I will be tuned in. As you said, I will be tuned in to hear what he has to say. And, you know, again, I hope this whole situation ends well for him. I hope he gets paid. I hope he gets what he deserves. And we'll just have to see. Is Pay it, is Lamar! It, is it, but, but is, Ashley, hmm? is, it, is it not fascinating to you that there isn't a team that has stood up and offered Lamar Jackson because no. you know he's on a, a undis, what is it called? Non-exclusive. Non-exclusive. Non yeah. He's on a, so that means any team mm. can get Lamar Jackson for two number ones. Now, obviously the Baltimore Ravens, they have the opportunity to, 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 to match it. If it walks like a duck, quacks like a duck, <laughs> it's a duck. And in this case, it sounds like collusion. Oh. Thank you for, thank you. <laughs> what? Thank you. Is your mom watching the show today? No, we again, Brandon. We on this for the tell the people again? for tell the seventh time. We were not tell, no, using tell the people, it in tell that the regard. People that's watching live right now, get them caught up to speed. And why I'm saying thank you for using the word collusion. No one doubted that the word collusion was real. It was the way that it was being used was not correct. That's what we were discussing. So, Ashley, next one, on. Corey. Are we, are we moving on? <laughs> All right, well, so we're going to move to the NBA. And, guys, I think there's a legitimate beef brewing in the NBA. So, if you guys were tuned in on Saturday night, the Memphis Grizzlies, they beat the Warriors 133 to 119, handing them that, their uh, 11th straight road loss, right? So, the Warriors are now 7 and 27 on the road. I mean, that, that's another conversation to have. Mm -hmm. But the real story of the night was, uh, yeah, this feud right here between Klay Thompson and Dylan Brooks. Now, it was like as time was expiring, 
the two were looking at each other from each other's respective benches and whatnot. Clay Thompson kind of, you know, made the gesture, hey, I got four rings, right? Mm -hmm. But then they both made statements after the game. This was uh, Dylan Brooks' statement. He says, he's got four rings. That's all he was saying. It's motivation to us, right? We want to keep a ring as well. Being able to go through the process of steps that we did last year, we keep going and learning from it all, right? But then he says, it's friendly trash talk, but I just hold a lot of real estate over there in San Francisco. Right, so that was mm. funny. But then this is what Thompson responded after the game as well. He said, I don't care about Dylan Brooks. When he retires, I don't think anyone will talk about Dylan Brooks ever again. I promise you. It's sweet right now, but wait 10 years. That, mm. sounds like, that sounds like beef to me. But, guys, do you believe this is truly a rivalry between the Warriors and the Grizzlies? Ashley, I'll start with you. What do you think? Okay, so rivalries can start in the regular season. There are rivalries that happen in the playoffs. There are rivalries that are developed in championship matchups. You know, those teams frequently match up and see each other, and, you know, there's a beef there, and then that flows into the regular season. But the Grizzlies haven't done anything even remotely close to the caliber the Warriors have for this to be a true NBA rivalry. Now, is it beef? Yeah, clearly it's beef, and I don't really care what Klay Thompson says. Oh, I don't worry about him. You clearly do. There's now, listen, I will say, Dylan Brooks does a lot of this, and it is 100% within Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, and whoever else is right to bark back when someone barks at you first, especially in a competitive game like basketball. So I'm not mad at Klay Thompson throwing up the four-ring finger situation because at the end of the day, he is a four-time world champion. He has every right to go ahead and pull that card when he wants to. Especially when someone went ahead and went toe-to-toe -to -toe with him first and is trash-talking him all game. That's the response you get. You pull my card, I'm going to give you that. This is, what, this is what it is. Don't talk to me. But I will say, contrary to what Clay Thompson says... Dylan Brooks gets under your skin, and that's okay. He's annoying. Dylan Brooks is highly annoying. There are some players who just actively get under your skin. So for you to say you don't care about him, maybe in the grand scheme of basketball you don't care about him, but when you guys are playing, he annoys you. He gets under your skin whether you want to admit it or not. That's his M.O. Now, Dylan Brooks does a lot of trash talking for someone who has not accomplished anything. And when I say anything, I mean anything. So it's one of those situations, don't let your mouth write a check, your ass can't cash. That's what he does. He does that often. But that's his MO as a player. You have to kind of learn how to maneuver through it, and you either let it get the best of you or you don't. Steph's not letting it get the best of him. Clay happens to let it get on his nerves a little bit, so he bites back. There's nothing wrong with that, but is this a true rivalry? No, the Grizzlies haven't had even um, the amount of success that the Warriors have, so it's not even an even playing field. It's just two teams that genuinely do not like each other, and there's layers of beef there, and the fan bases actually truly hate each other. I, they've been going at it on my timeline for 48 hours, and the game was over the weekend. So there's so that's a there's there's no, it's more of a beef. A rivalry has there has to be a historical background mm. to a rivalry. Like the point. Eagles and the Cowboys okay. have a legit rivalry. Like point. that's a historic beef that goes back years. Could it the be Grizzlies a young, could it be a young, could it be a young like rivalry though? Warriors won it last year. And no, because the, Grizzly, the, the Grizzlies, the Grizzlies are in position this year to potentially win it, depending on how Jaw comes back. Like they're a contender, right? Will they win it? Probably not. But yeah. they're in position. 
So the way I look at this, you Ashley, can't have a rivalry with someone who's below you. Ashley, and the Grizzlies are below the Warriors when you go ahead and you look at the overall landscape matter. of new the kids NBA. On the block. That doesn't you know make it, it a rivalry. You know it makes them it annoying. This is what it is. The 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 Warriors. It's about respect. It's about deference. When you when we walk into the locker room, yes, kiss the rings. That's why they keep saying it. They've been saying it all year. We got this ring. That's all they lean on is the rings. You would expect, and this is like old school thinking in old school ways. Look, oh, that's the Warriors. Let's respect them. Let's expect respect respect our uh, excuse me respect our opponents. The Memphis, Gri- Memphis Grizzlies are like this new generation. Like I don't give a damn who you are. Yeah. There ain't no respect. We ain't giving it to you. We don't care what you did in the past. And that bothers the Warriors. The Warriors are looking at them like, yo, we know that this team can knock us off. And so they're using this damn ring thing to no. actually. Yes, they are. No. That's the only argument that, argument that they have. No, no, no. Listen. This I will, is real. I, this is real. This, I agree with you in this. There is an, uh, there's beef there. There's actual beef. true beef there, whether it's both teams in their entirety or just players with players, and those players are attached to the team, so the beef overflows, and it looks like it's a rivalry between the Warriors and the Grizzlies. It's not. The Grizzlies immensely talented, but if we compare them to the Golden State Warriors, it is not an even playing field. They have not had a fraction of the success the Warriors have. You cannot have a rivalry with someone who is below you. Let's go ahead and get that clear. But now, this- now, I will say, Dylan Brooks and Klay Thompson, there's an actual beef there. They do not like each other. Draymond Green and Dylan Brooks, they do not like each other. That is fair. Their fan bases do not like each other. That is also a fact. They go at it. But it is not an actual rivalry because they have not accomplished anything. It doesn't matter. We're talking about It does matter. That's a huge huge factor. Before Jaw Jaw was on the, um, the, what is it, Instagram Live doing this with the gun? Remember he was doing this with the gun? (laughs) Before he did that, we were talking about Jaw Morant. Being the face of the NBA. What did it have to do with the Warriors? Okay, so he's 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 one of the faces of the NBA. The war, the, not the Warriors, the Grizzlies. They're one of the best teams in the NBA. Okay, isn't this the same story? The storyline: the Pistons and the Bulls. Uh, Michael Jordan, he's coming to be the face of the NBA, and he had to go out there and earn it. And they're saying, y'all don't do, y'all, y'all haven't earned shit. Who are y'all? It's the same stories. These things repeat itself. So you're saying, oh, I need history between two teams to call it a rivalry. This is a young rivalry. This is happening right now. This it's is the passing of the torch. A, it's not the passing of the torch, it's and it's not a rivalry. Mm. The Grizzlies have not done anything. You cannot, again, you cannot have a rivalry with someone that you don't have actual history with, and who has not done anything even remotely close to what you have accomplished in the NBA. The teams do not like each other. The players on the teams, there are there are um storylines within that. There are beefs within that. Absolutely. That is absolutely true. You cannot argue that. The fan bases don't like each other. That does not make this a rivalry. It just makes it beef. A rivalry cannot happen with a team who has not even had a fraction of the success that the Warriors have. Now, is it a little bit of maybe it's not bowing down and kissing the ring like maybe some other teams have done? Maybe, but it's not like, you know, the Warriors go and play NBA teams throughout the season and everyone's bowing down to the Warriors. I mean, game recognizes game. They're not recognizing it, though. They're not recognizing it. They come off a little bit as haters, though. The Grizzlies Warriors come off a little bit as haters? Do the Warriors come off a little bit? Hating on what? What you mean? Like, they're the defending world champions. What are they hating on? It's like like hip-hop. 
It's like nah, the, the different generations. Like, ah, oh, we don't vibe with I'm this sorry. music. We don't rock with that. It's like, but they popping. They streaming. The numbers is ridiculous. You can't hate on somebody who doesn't have anything. What do the Grizzlies have that the Warriors don't? What do they have? Better record. Okay, they right. Got the Much face of the overall, NBA. Overall, John Moran. Overall, you look at these two teams. What do the Grizzlies have that the Warriors don't? A better record. I'm not saying. They I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about just in the current. I'm saying overall. Look at both they franchises. Don't. What do they They're have? Threatening. That's don't. the point. They're threatening, threatening them. They're, They're threatening them. They have. They're threatening four. them. Ashley, Play has four you know what it is. This is what it is. Ashley, you know this. You from New York? You from New York? You know what time it is? You the big boss on the block. You got all this essential stuff on the fear of God. I see what you you, you had all these bags uh, from Miami mm-hmm. Design District this week, and I saw you. That's yeah. cap. Right, and then I'm I'm looking at Ashley because I want what she got. That's then I come on, they're trying to take that. You that's, know what it is. That's that, what they got. They're trying to take what they already that's have. That's beef, but that's not a rivalry. There's no. They got to start there, somewhere. I mean, listen, I'll say this. There's a rivalry brewing yeah. between these two teams. Absolutely. But there's not enough Word history play. between them for it to be. A, I'll tell you what a rivalry is. Boston and New York have a rivalry. Back in the day, Miami and New York had a rivalry. Uh, Lakers and Boston have a rivalry. Like those are legit rivalries. You what look did at- you say? You said Miami and what? Miami and New York back in the day. Not so much oh, now. I thought you were about to say Miami and Boston. No, Miami and New York have a legit rivalry. Was that a, it was goes that, back to the that, 90s. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's just, it doesn't, it doesn't exist. Corey, right what do you now. think? Corey, what do you think? Well, Let's get your perspective well, how about on this. this. Is it a rivalry or is it a beef? What is it? No, in my opinion, I think it's it's a beef, and and like Ashley said, the rivalry it's it's, it's brewing. However, however, you asked the question, right? What do the Grizzlies have that? Well, yeah, yeah, you said what do the Grizzlies have that the Warriors don't, right? Was that was that the correct mm-hmm. question? So my answer to that though is, is it a promising future, right? Because I think the difference right now is that the Memphis Grizzlies they're a younger team, right? Right. The Warriors. You know, they're coming off a, a championship, but my question is, are they are they approaching the end of an era? Right? Because you sure. have yeah, yeah, you have you have the Grizzlies right now at five hundred, seventh in the West. Absolutely right? that's absolutely true, mm-hmm. but why would Clay, Steph, and Draymond care about that? They're not gonna be there. Who's not? They're what not I'm saying is to Corey's point, yes, the Grizzlies have next because the Warriors mm-hmm. championship window closes. Every Close. single year, the team gets Close. older. Right. People said that last year. What happened? They won. <laughs> they was lucky to get that Ashley. Come on, Ashley. Did anybody expect the Warriors to be in the finals think, last year? Look, Nobody I, had the Warriors in the finals last year. I Nobody. Think, I think the Warriors are afraid to deem this a rivalry because they're afraid it's going to give the Grizzlies confidence. It's going to give them confidence. They already the have Warriors. an up. Listen, the Grizzlies are not lacking in confidence. Yeah, they yeah. may have over. They may be overconfident but, but they depending know, on who they you ask. They know that they might be playing the, the Warriors in that first round, right? So they want them going into that first round. Right, feeling, but feeling I just feel like for me, like I get that. You know, the Warriors may know in the back of their mind their window is closing, but that also doesn't really pertain to Clay. To st- their their legacy is already cemented. What they did with that Warriors team mm-hmm. is already cemented. They have four world champions. Yeah, but as them. a competitor, so like yes, if this if if Steph Curry were like ten years younger mm-hmm. and he was going to be part of this Warrior organization while they keep going back and forth with the Grizzlies every season, then I could get it. But right. they're on their way. No, they like, think, they're not thinking they're like not, that as competitors, They're not going to be there forever. They're not what? thinking that way. No, it's about respect. It doesn't matter. You think about uh, some of our, our legends and our goats, you know, on the way out. Hell, even Aaron Rodgers, I keep going back to this damn weekend that we had uh, in, in Orange County for the 707 uh, Celebrity Football Game. 
Aaron Rodgers was beefing with high school kids. It's not okay. It's always about respect. He doesn't have a rivalry comp- with those high school kids. Shit, now he do. Oh, my now God. Now he do. Now, if they come back on 7 on 7 land next year and that same high school football players out there, I guarantee I'm gonna you. Give you a per- I'm going to give you a perfect example. I'm going to give you a perfect example of a rivalry and how the Warriors and the Grizzlies is not the same until the Grizzlies do something. The Bulls and the Pistons had a rivalry back in the day. And what happened? Mm. The rivalry switched, the the power struggle within that rivalry switched once the Bulls dethroned the Pistons and mm. became the top dog. Okay. Yeah. The Grizzlies and the Warriors cannot have a legitimate rivalry until the Grizzlies go ahead and dethrone the Warriors. Until then, they're just the little brother who's nagging the hell out of you <laughs> when you're playing them. And yes, listen, there's beef. Like I said, they're annoying. They can be. Dylan Brooks is highly annoying. But until the Grizzlies do something that, whether it's knocking the Warriors out of the playoffs or beating them in a championship matchup, which would never happen because they're in the same conference, like, it's not a legitimate listen, beef until something happens. Listen, this is interesting. So I just uh, Googled um, Bulls-Pistons rivalry. Mm-hmm. Dan can't talk today. And this is the first uh, two sentences. And it's kind of a mixture of what you and I are talking about. Mm-hmm. The Bulls-Pistons rivalry is an NBA rivalry between the Chicago Bulls and Detroit Pistons. The rivalry began in the late 1980s mm-hmm. and was one of the most intense in the NBA they hated history each other. for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Not this whole historical thing. That is historical. A couple of years. And was one of the most intense in NBA history for a couple of years. When Michael Jordan evolved into one of the league's best players, Ja Morant is Evolving into the face but of the, the Bulls NBA, beat the Pistons. Hold on, I'm, I'm about to get it's to your not point. The same. I'm about to get to your point. Let me finish. Can okay. I finish? Go ahead. Okay, couple of years when Michael Jordan evolved into one of the league's best players, and Pistons became a playoff contender. So it goes back to that what you said: postseason playoffs Listen, win. And it's there. Got to start there are somewhere. No, there are no banners for talking shit. <laughs> All right, there's only there's only banners for winning games. And winning championships. When the Grizzlies get to when the Grizzlies hang one in their mm-hmm. arena, and the Warriors are not hanging one in their arena that year, <laughs> then it's our actual rivalry. It's brewing, but it hasn't happened yet. That's really uh, what it comes down to. Uh, here we go. All right, so hey guys, how about we transition to a word on the tweet, huh? Let's go. Let's do it. Let's do it. So you know, in this segment, right, we've chose a couple tweets. Ashley that we found be on tweeting. Our hopefully, y'all, hold on, hold on. Hopefully, uh, y'all got a bunch of Ashley's <laughs> tweets up here because she be tweeting. She didn't <laughs> stop tweeting. I be chilling. You don't be chilling. You be tweeting. I be chilling. I'm gonna throw it back to you. Well, we, we got a tweet on there. I think she'll like. But for our first tweet, right, we got one from Odell Beckham Jr. Ooh. So this was, uh, yeah, this was over the weekend. He said, I'm just confused where the quote is from me saying that I want 20. All I'm saying is four ain't enough, right? And he kind of alluded to the fact that, you know, a team might have thrown out a uh, $4 million offer, and he's like, nah, this, this isn't enough. And then if you see at the bottom, Cordell Patterson, right, uh, running back slash wide receiver at Atlanta Falcons, he said, how much you need then? We'd love to have you in, uh, in Atlanta. But a uh, question for you guys, right? What should Odell expect moving forward? Brendan, I'll start with you. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. 
What's up, y'all? The Home Depot Retool Your School program is back on the yard and back at it again, bringing up to $150,000 in campus improvement grants to help upgrade and uplift your favorite HBCU campuses. Not only is Retool Your School partnering with HBCUs, but it's also inviting you to join by voting online. Only at retoolyourschool.com vote. You can vote as many times as you want, as often as you want, whenever you want, now through March 24th. If you want to support change across HBCU campuses, all you have to do is vote. So keep doing, keep building, and keep supporting HBCUs at retoolyourschool.com slash vote. Retool your school powered by purpose. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Mm. Patience. Mm. He should expect a process. If if Odell is trying to get the to land in the perfect spot. And what I, what, I, what, I, what I mean by perfect spot, I'm talking about, you know, chemistry when it comes to the offense that he's in, a quarterback, an offensive coordinator, play caller, um, financial, money. But even you throw in what type of lifestyle you want. Do you want to live in a nice city or do you want to, you want to be in a warm weather place or cold weather place? Mm-hmm. You want to be in a metropolitan area or you, you okay with being in Appleton, Wisconsin? What are you what are you looking for? Are you looking to win? Do you want to contend? So sometimes athletes pick one over the other and sometimes they look for it all. Depending on what he wants, he has to practice and implement more patience. I say more because he didn't rush it last year. He didn't get what he want. OBJ didn't get what he want, wanted last year and he implemented patience and he sat out and he's sitting right here. Now, here's what I know and we talked about this with Lamar Jackson when when you're a once in a generational uh, type talent. If you're or, or if you're a star, the rules change for you. You get certain privileges. OBJ goes out there and he has his own pro day. He has eight teams out there, right? He can actually gain some leverage if he plays the game right. But right now, this gap between four million and twenty million—I don't know who it's coming from—that's a real thing. And and I just think that OBJ's thirty. Let me pull this up. He's thirty years he of age. 30, yeah. He turns thirty-one no, in, just in November. Turned... In November. Oh, okay. Yeah, November. His birthday's November. So I'm looking at OBJ here, right? And and I'm looking at like, yo, this might be. And he may, OBJ probably won't. I don't know where he's at. I don't know what he wants. But I'm looking at the reality and how these teams look at, you know, us as athletes. He may need one more year to prove it. And I think that's the challenge. Why? Because you're 30 years of age right now and teams are looking at, you know, just the last few years, like, yo, this is OBJ, phenomenal. You know, they're looking at what it what could be if they have him in their locker room, they have him on the field, how he can bring some juice, not only the energy he brings to practice, but also the playmaking ability. Teams love that, but they're also looking at, like, man, go back to 2017. I was there, and all of us went down the same game. Myself, Sterling Shepard, OBJ, we all snapped our ankles. They snapped them, snapped them. Okay, he just snapped our ankle. I know you don't like when I talk about it, but it's just, all right. three of us are sitting there. It on just that. makes me all three of us, <laughs> Ashley, we're all in MetLife. 
I get wheeled off. OBJ comes in 10 minutes Jeez. later. Sterling Shepard comes in 10 minutes later. We had another receiver go down. Dwayne, our, our punt return receiver. All, we had all four receivers go down. Mm. We're all in there. Snap. Mm. They, that night, we're all in the hospital about to get surgery. But you go back to that. He snapped his ankle. And then you he got two ACL since then, and you have uh, six, seven other more injuries, Not right? Not that, two ACL. Le- leg, quad, bruise, uh, a growing, uh, a back. Uh, mm. a toe, and these Not are things that, that you but two ACLs in the same leg. I know, and same that's knee. my point. It's like it's it, you got to look at it this way. You you drive a what kind of car? Can I put your business out? What kind of car do you drive right now? A Benz. Let's say Benz. Okay, now let's say um, you want to upgrade. What are you going to upgrade to? A G wagon. You want to upgrade to a G wagon, and I know you, your dad's going to take care of you. I love how <laughs> your dad take care of you. You know what your dad's going to do? What? Your dad's going to go to uh, Carfax. Okay, and he's gonna say, "All right, my excuse me, my daughter wants a G wagon," and then she's gonna he gonna go to Carfax and he's gonna look at this particular car. He wants to see the history of this car mm-hmm. before he lets you make this investment. He's mm-hmm. gonna say, "Okay, Ashley, what does your dad call you?" Ash, Ashley. Ash, Ash. Mm-hmm. Okay, Ash. Okay, Ash. Let me. Here's the five G wags. Okay, and now let me. This is the one you want because it got these beautiful rims. You love the interior, Ashley. Oh, and you love this wrap. What's your favorite color? Black. It's a black matte wrap. Mm. But the inside of it, Ashley, it been hit over here. Mm. This happened. There was a fire over here. So they're asking for 150, but the reality, it should be 90, right? And that's where that's how teams look at us. You got to think about these databases. They put Odell Beckham Jr. here, DeAndre Hopkins in here, JJ Watts in here, uh, Aaron Rodgers in here, and they look at it, okay? This is what he he should be worth once in a lifetime type talent, but he's had seven injuries, right? And what happens is you have to go out there and prove it deals to get actually back to where you want to be from a value standpoint. That's what ha- that's what's happening with OBJ. Ashley, I'll pass it to you because I know you have some thoughts here. Um, where I would like to see OBJ, the mm-hmm. Giants, Baltimore, Kansas City. Yeah. You got the Rams. Go back there and the Seattle Seahawks. So I think that OBJ getting signed someplace is also going to be directly tied to how realistic he's willing to be. And I say that because unfortunately when you're super talented and you know, you know what you're able to do, sometimes that blocks your judgment on what you're actually able to do right now or how other people may view what you're able to do right now. And like we said, OBJ is 30 years old. That's not saying he's not still a freak of an athlete, but he's 30 years old. He had two ACLs in the same leg, multiple other injuries. And if he thinks that he's going to get anything more, I would say even giving him a $10 million deal for two years is a little bit of a gamble. If he thinks that he's able to get anything more than that, that he's not really being realistic. And that's an unfortunate, and that's a hard conversation to have with yourself, especially when you're such a talent like he is. I think that a deal for him, an ideal situation for him, if you ask me, would be anywhere between seven to nine million for two years and the rest incentive based. Seven to nine per? Seven to nine. Per? Like, no, anywhere between seven to nine. Per on year? a two no, on a two year deal. Oh, you trade three. What do you mean? I, I don't think you off because that's where the market's at, right? You're, they're I'm saying driven? four. Yeah, I think I think if I'm if if I'm a team, right? Mm-hmm. I'll go sign OBJ. I'll, I'll go like this. Damn, I'm seeing this uh, Carfax report. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing the injuries, but damn, I know there's other athletes that's overcome these type of injuries and went on five six year 
uh, amazing runs. OBJ could be that. So I'm going to sign, I'm going to give him $10 million. Hell, if I'm desperate, if I'm the Baltimore Ravens, if I, if I'm if I'm the can even the Kansas City Chiefs, if you really want to go back, you you're in great position. You're gonna say you I might give him fifteen. Mm. I might give him fifteen on one on one. Or or actually, you know what I might do? You I might say fifteen million dollars on one year go, deal. Here go nine million, and then I'm gonna give you some incentives and bonus to reach fifteen. Right, I'll do what, that. You, wait, you would give him a fifteen million dollars deal on a one year deal? Absolutely. OBJ healthy. And I know what you're saying. Okay, you're gonna say, "Well, Brandon, the history and all this other stuff." I would Absolutely. make it. I would make it a 15 million dollar deal with incentives, but I'm not. I'm cash, liquid cash, not more than 10. He, he's going. You know, hey, he'll, he's going to do five million in jersey sales for you. The concessions are going to go up. You're going to make it back. See, that's what we don't do as athletes. All we look at is, okay, well, the, the salary cap. But what if he can't stay the on the field? Deal. That's the that's that's the business. So that's why wouldn't you in. make why wouldn't you make his contract more incentive based than you would liquid cash, knowing that there's a possibility he may not stay on the field? No, you can do it. And I think that's and I actually think that's a fair deal. Because if I'm a team, I, I would come in right around ten million and then I would actually bridge the gap in incentives and bonuses. That's exactly exactly what I would do with OBJ. Fifteen is a lot. But guess For what? For a though? year? Hold on, let's go hold on. Odell. I don't know, man. Did it's, you not see what he did? I did. did not, but that, that, that was Rams two. That was the Super Bowl. Two, that was two years ago. You, you had the you had OBJ for how many games? <sighs> Would you had him for maybe eight games? Nah, I'm yeah. and, and with the Rams, the year they won the Super Bowl two years ago. Yeah, he had a good if stretch. he's not on the team, Corey, yeah, he had a do good they stretch. even make it to the to the to the to the? It was two to years the championship, ago. Brandon. To the NFC Championship. A lot has happened in two years. Doesn't matter. I, $15 million on a single-year deal is a lot for someone who's 30 years old, has multiple injuries, had two ACLs in the same leg, and has not played in two years. So if he comes in, would you pay? Would you, if you're the... I, uh, I'm giving him a $10 million two-year yeah. deal, and the rest is all incentive-based to hit that $15 million. $15 million liquid cash for a year is crazy. That's crazy. Why is it crazy when the teams are, are bringing in... Hundreds of millions of dollars. Because it's not a DeAndre Hopkins who you can say, like, okay, he, he missed a portion of the season, not because he wasn't able to play, but for other things. It was his PEDs and things like that. This is somebody coming off of another major injury who's had to go through major rehab to get back on the field. There was a reason he wasn't signed a few months ago. He wasn't ready. You don't know how healthy he actually is. And listen, again, Odell, freak of an athlete, huge fan. I definitely think he's not washed and all the other things that our people are saying we have to be realistic with this number 50 a 15 million dollar deal on a one-year deal for a player who has not seen the field in two years coming off a major rehabilitation like he is a year hasn't seen the field okay it's it's gonna be two years by the time the season the next season comes around it'd be a year right he just took sat out one year he sat out one year and sometimes and to be honest with you okay a year and and a half a year and a half and to be honest with you I, i wish more athletes actually you know, halfway through their career, take take a moment, take a beat. Like, you know what? I'm going to rest up this year. I'm going to get my mind right, get my body right, and then I'm going to come back and I'm going to finish out. This whole thing of not playing and your skills diminish, like, I, I don't buy that. I actually think that sometimes if you approach that space the right way, mm-hmm. it can actually be more efficient and better for you. Um, here's what I would say. Last thing I would say to, about OBJ Ashley, um, 
I like OBJ. Me too. But and, and but, I just want to pick if you have to pick a team. I want him to go back to the Giants. I think that's the best. Does he want to win, or he just wants to play? Do you do? You, you, Does he do, want you to go think, to... do you think the NFC East is just going to be... No, no, no. What I'm saying is... is the he, Eagles no, or the I'm, Cowboys going to take What I'm saying it? is, is does he want to... Let's say he wants to win. Does he want to be go to a contender or he just wants to go to a team that's just not trash? Because the Giants aren't winning a Super Bowl. Well, you can put them in the same boat as the Cowboys. No, you can't. And you can put them in the same boat as the Eagles next year. Right, you know, you, you said it last. It, you the gotta, Eagles and the Cowboys are much more. Ashley, whether it happens or not is a different conversation. But if we look at them as a whole, they're you know much takes more prime to ready to go win a Super Bowl than the Giants are. You know, right the now. takes takes live forever. I okay, the Giants aren't winning a Super Bowl this year. I, I'm a hundred percent okay with takes, saying that. Takes live forever. They're what not said, winning a Super Bowl this year. A week or two ago, you said that uh, the NFC East is the toughest division in football. That's what you said, right? I think I said it's one of or one no, of you these. Said it's the oh, because it's oh because of its unpredictability is what I said. That's right. Yes. So when you think about it, are the Cowboys or the Eagles a contender? When I look at the Eagles roster and I look at the Giant, I mean the Cowboys roster, and I look at them as a complete team. I'm not saying they're going to win the Super Bowl. I'm saying if I had to pick out of that division teams that were more likely to win a Super Bowl if everything went right. I would put the giant. I would put the Eagles and the Cowboys ahead of the Giants. The Giants are not ready, or are, are not Super Bowl ready right now. Does that mean they'll never win a Super Bowl again? No, obviously doesn't mean that. I'm just saying Odell goes there. Is he trying to win a Super Bowl? Because if he is, the Giants is not the decision for him. It's not the location for him. If he just wants to go to a team that's going to be relatively competitive and win games and more than likely be in the playoffs, then the Giants are a good fit for him. But if you're trying to win another ring, it's not going to the going to the Giants is not going to work for you. He'd be better off going to the Jets. All right, so so uh, I want to do this for our partners uh, at FanDuel. Okay, mm-hmm. number one sports book right now. Um, have been for a few years. Mm-hmm. A NFL futures bet is a wager on an event that will be determined later in the NFL season. Okay. So, Ashley, my futures bet is that the New York football giants mm-hmm. wins the division. Okay. Okay. And obviously... That's different, than saying, that's different than saying they win in the Super Bowl. Yeah, but... I, I winning the division is not winning the say, Super Bowl. Hard, but it's hard to say... It's hard to say anybody's going to win a Super Bowl outside of Patrick Mahomes, maybe. Like, even that's hard. You just want to get in. That's all you want. If you get in, you have an opportunity. No, but if you were to say, oh, the Eagles are going to win the Super Bowl next year, nobody would look at you crazy. You saying the Giants... They should. No, because they they were just there. No, they should because you might... Like, how many times have we seen guys go... It's hard to go back-to-back. Like, it's, how many times has it been done in history? Maybe, like, eight, nine times? I know, but what I'm saying is, is, like, nobody would look at that, hear that take, and be like, that's far-fetched. What? It's like, there's a possibility the Giants are not going to the I Super agree Bowl. with you there, but like, what I'm saying not. is they should, because if we're watching ball, we know that anything can happen. What's going to happen, Ashley? That's not going to happen. Denver Broncos next year? I would be willing to bet the Broncos the go to the Bears Super Bowl next before year. the Chicago Bears are not going to the Super Bowl. I'm not right saying now. Super Bowl. I'm talking about a really good team. Oh, my God. I'm talking about a really good team. That's all I'm saying. Who, even and the, the Giants are not Here's winning the division. Point. Here's my thing. That's also where you're wrong. Here, here's my but thing. Like... Hold on, time out. Take Odell down. Take Odell down. We're not, we pass Odell right now. 
Who thought the Eagles would be this good last year? A lot of people no, did. No, 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 no. What do you no. mean? No, they did not. That's no, they not did not. True. That's true. <laughs> Ashley. A lot of people no, did. No, they did not. The Eagles were trash. <laughs> Going into last year, remember, Corey, remember this. They were talking about should they go in the draft and take a quarterback. They were talking about what quarterbacks could they potentially replace Jalen with. There were the people saying down. that, but there were a lot of people. What do you? They Defense went into the season as one no of the favorites depth. to they go to the Super there, Bowl. They go out there and trade for AJ Brown. Nobody thought that the Eagles Brandon, would be this good. Vegas had them as one of the teams going to the Super Bowl. Before the year? Yes, they were Every like team. top three. No, no, they was not. Yes, no, they, they was were. Not. No, they was not. Oh, my gosh. I don't Corey, even, I don't even talk those, like this. Uh, can, we cat, pull up, cat. can we pull up those those stats? Please. Yeah, I, have to. I don't he even was, talk like this. I'm 38, turning 39 this week. Cat, 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 one cat, of cat. the teams that were favored at the top of the season to win the Super Bowl or go to the Super Bowl. They were there. Ashley, you are way off. Oh, my God. How y'all say it? Capping. Y'all capping. Can I say it like that? Can I say that? Ashley's tripping right now. No, 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 no. But look, my futures bet, because we can talk about this forever, and I know we got to go on. Corey's, look, Corey's looking this up for me, because I know I'm not lying. I know oh, I did not, I I know I did not imagine this. Every team is. Every team has. No, I'm saying team. they were one of the top. There were top teams oh that were expected, me, that were favorited to go to uh, the Super me, Bowl. Uh, and the Eagles Phil were Sims. on that list. Let me call the Cowboys Phil were on that list. That was. Let me call Phil Sims, see if he answers. Because he, he watches a lot of ball. I've been on inside the NFL with him for about Now, years. saying nobody expected Jalen Hurts to be that good, that right, I can hey. agree with. But the team huh. as a whole? The Eagles actually had the fifth highest odds. Thank you. The fifth highest They were top five. five. I said hey, top three. I, 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 I said a top team. I wasn't team. expecting it either. I wasn't they were a top. That's less. You're going to less. Yes, I'm telling you they were top five. Say it, it Corey. Was, it say the, it again. So say it top, again. I'll, I'll read the top five. The top five were the Kansas City Chiefs. They were at plus 500. The Buffalo Bills were at plus uh, 550. The 49ers were at plus 700. Bengals were at 1,000. And the, and the Eagles were actually at 1,000. They had the Thank same you. odds as the Bengals. Thank you. No, hey, I stand Thank too. you. I apologize. <laughs> I, I ain't yeah. I'm not like uh, you. <laughs> she feel real good about herself I, right now. I knew this. <laughs> All right, y'all want to move on to the next tweet? No, yeah. I can't believe she's right right now. I know. Oh, Leo. All right, no, but let's let's move on to the next tweet though, right? So the Carolina Panthers, who just recently um, traded up for the number one pick in this year's draft. Uh, made a couple moves this past week in free agency, right? One of those to improve their offense was running back Miles Sanders, and we got a tweet from him. It was just him, you know, introducing himself to the Carolina Panthers fan base. What's good, Carolina? And then we have, which was, uh, you know, an update over the weekend, a tweet from our guy Pat McAfee, right, who kind of just listed the details of, um, you know, the the uh, the pickup of Adam Thielen, rather. But, yeah, yeah, three-time Pro Bowler Adam Thielen, now a member of the Carolina Panthers. So I want to ask you guys, and I can start with you, Ashley. Do you like what the Panthers are building right now? Yeah, I mean, it's obviously. Football insider. When, expert, football expert. When, I thought I was supposed to be the football expert. <laughs> when, we, when we spoke to Adam Thielen at uh, Radio Row yeah. in Arizona, um, you know, he made it clear to Brandon and I that he really wanted to go back to Minnesota. You know, he thought that it would be – you know, great for not only, you know, himself, you know, existing within that franchise for so long, but also, you know, him and Justin Jefferson have a great relationship. And, you know, he said, listen, I'll be whatever Justin Jefferson needs me to be. I don't need to be the number one guy. No, that's not who I am anymore for this team, but I'm okay being whatever they need me to be. And it's unfortunate they couldn't make that situation work. Um, but Carolina's interesting. They're in an interesting phase right now. They're not 
quite, I would say, 100% in disarray where you can say they're starting from zero, but they're also not a team that's really expected to make much noise. They're like in a weird limbo. So it's going to be interesting what these additional pieces do. I'm not all, I'm not quite sure what the direction of the Carolina Panthers is, like what their goal is. Obviously, the goal is always to win in the NFL, but you also have to be realistic with your goals, and I'm not quite sure where this Panthers team is. I don't know if Brandon feels the same way. I'm, I'm like, it's like a weird limbo phase. Uh, I, I, I do like where the Carolina Panthers, um, where they're at right now, mm-hmm. Ashley. I think that, you know, the division, when you look at the division, it's like the Tampa Bay Bucks. Who's their QB now? Tough. Huh? Who's their QB now? Well, that's the, no, that's they the question. The, they have the young kid. What's the young kid that it was from? Because Darnold, Darnold's gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah Darnold's yeah. gone. Corral, but they're going to they, 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 they got, they got the number one overall pick yeah, now. Yeah, they got the old number one overall pick. And so they're going to go get their guy. Yeah, they're going to get their guy. Yeah. They, they signed Andy So I, I like where they're at right now uh, on the defensive side. They have a phenomenal defensive line. Yes. Right? And they have the pieces on the back end that can put them in the top 15, top 10 when it comes to on the defensive side. Now, on the offense, you go get an Adam Thielen. Yes, we sat down with him, but I also saw in his eyes that mm-hmm. he knew there was more meat on the bone. He knew that, you know, look, I'm cool playing number two to Justin Jefferson, but who could potentially be the number one receiver in the league right now. But, dang, I know I can contribute more. He wanted that. He actually wanted to get everything off his chest. He said it then that I could be moving on. Nobody wanted to listen to him when he said it. Adam Thielen is probably, um, I I would say over the last 10 years, he's the most underrated wide receiver. I just wonder, you know, you're going to go out and you're going to get a rookie quarterback. And as you know, especially with quarterbacks, when you get a rookie QB, there's a lot of growing pains. It's not always an immediate success. That's true. So I wonder how that's going to affect an Adam Thielen and just the offense as the whole, especially look now that the Saints are in that the Saints are in that division. They got Derek Carr, yeah. an incredible defense. Their offense wide open, is a little bit aging. is a little is better than the the Carolina Panthers, but you also have a Maybe. Mm, I would say slight a slight it's a slight edge there, but also you you have a you have a weapon that you don't have with Carolina, and that is for all the shortcomings that he has. Derek Carr is still a, a good quarterback who's been, Camaro, who has been in the league the for X receiver. amount of years. Yeah, That's a leg up against Chris a rookie Olave. quarterback who's just kind, who's start, who's going to be is learning yeah, but, curve I, but it's there. not for the Carolina Panthers. It's not about now. It's not about right. This so I'm year. saying I feel like I, think I don't know what their goal com- is. They're kind of in limbo. Yeah, I think they'll be super competitive, but they'll go out there and get a a, a quarterback with the number one overall pick that will be the face, hopefully be the face for the next 10 years or longer. Who do you think they get? CJ, right? CJ? Yeah. CJ Stroud. CJ, but it seems like people are starting to talk about, um, you know, the Don't do it. The, yeah, the quarterback from Bama going, uh, Bryce Young. I, lo- start, I love me a Bryce. starting to come Ooh, up a I little love, bit more. I love Bryce Young. That's my number one. A lot of anticipation one. going into his program. But they'll get their quarterback and they'll be, a, they'll be in perfect position, right? Because you got the Atlanta Falcons. They're in transition. Unless they're they get rebuild. Lamar. They have, ooh, they say they want, they're not. Um, and then you also have, I think the Carolina, not the Carolina Panthers, but the Saints, they're aging, they're getting older. How long can they keep, you know, those pieces on the defense healthy? Um, and then obviously Tampa. So if you really look at it, to me, this division is not like, there's not one team you can say they own this division right, right now. Yeah. Tampa Tom is gone, okay? <laughs> All right, Drew Brees is gone, okay? Sean Payton is gone. It's gone. Is it? If anything, I would say, well, you're going to look up in the next two years or something and be like, yo, the Carolina Panthers is running shit right now. Mm. So that's where I'm at. Yeah. I like it. I like it. All right, guys, let's move on. Person. Do I have to stop cursing? <laughs> 
Let's go on to our <laughs> next tweet. <laughs> so for our next tweet, we got a tweet from Micah Parsons, right? So last Micah! week. Yeah, last week he was making efforts to recruit uh, wide receiver DeAndre Hawkins, who's uh, at the moment looking for a new team. But uh, if you see in the tweet here, right, DeAndre, uh, DeAndre Hawkins quote retweeted it kind of just with an emoji with his arms up, right? And our thoughts is maybe that was his reaction to, you know, the Cowboys signing Cooks this weekend. Who knows? But, guys, my question for you, and I'll start with you, Brandon, where will DeAndre Hopkins land next? Well, first, I think that this tweet was sent out before the trade, right? Well, Micah sent out the tweet before the trade, but I think Hop responded after it happened. I think that's, I think that's what happened. Yeah. But, I mean, regardless. Oh, was, uh, hey, listen. Put that tweet yeah. back on the screen for me, please. <laughs> the Cardinals was, might, may, may have been asking for too much. When did, when did, when did Cooks get uh, traded? I believe that was news yesterday, wasn't it? Or was it the day before on Saturday? I don't know. Let's see. But here's uh, what I would Yeah, that it was before. It was before. It was before. Yeah, because yeah. the 14th, yeah. Yeah, so to me, um, that would have been a good spot for would have been a real good spot. <sighs> but it wouldn't have been the best spot for D-Hop. I like D-Hop in Baltimore. And as a receiver, sometimes we If they keep it. Lamar. That's right. They, go, they better Otherwise, there ain't no reason for him to go. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> Let's say they keep Lamar, right? Let's say this collusion continues. I don't know why there hasn't been a team that offered Lamar Jackson what he wanted times three. All right, I don't know why. If they if this collusion stops and they keep Lamar, all right, I think it's a really good spot for him. As receivers, we miss it sometimes because we're looking at like, well, I want somebody who's going. I want 170 targets. I want a guy that is going to sit in the pocket, do X, Y, and Z. Sometimes you don't need 170 when you have a Lamar. 140. You're more efficient. So now you go from averaging 12 yards a catch to 15, 16 yards a catch. So you're more efficient. You're more dangerous. And you're also, the work is lighter. Why is the work lighter? Because you're not going to see as many double teams, as many cover, like cover two, even triple teams. Why? Because you got to count for him. And you also got to count for his number one target, that tight end. So if you really think about it as a receiver, man, you're out there in his third one, third and two, third and three. And you yeah. you got a slant, you got a hitch that converts to a go, like man, you're gonna be eating. I like him there. I also like him. Um, I like him there. That's my number one spot. I like him there, Corey. That's yeah. where I like. I want I want DeAndre Hopkins to go to Baltimore, Baltimore. with OBJ, package deal, mm-hmm. package deal. All right, all because right. the Giants is tripping. The Ravens aren't even paying their quarterback. You think they're going to pay some wide receivers? They got to. It's just the same thing with Aaron Rodgers did. Maybe that comes out of uh, Lamar's presser. Not only if he's talking about talking about his contract and the West Coast offense and all the other stuff and introducing Truce production, maybe comes out there the same thing that Aaron Rodgers did. Hey, here's my wish list. Um, if you want me, Aaron and you came want out me back, and said he He did say he said he said he said anybody would want these players. But he said he didn't ask for them. No, he just said, he like, did. these are the guys he, that he called out. He called out Diana Rossini's Yeah, um, but it, it's, he, said, he said it's how they said it. That's what oh. he said. He said it's how they said it. Um, he didn't like how, you know, how, how she reported it. And for him, it was like, there's great players out there. So maybe when he drops, Lamar drops this whole little uh, uh, interview, him interviewing himself or whatever this, the, the scenario is, he also says, like, hey, OBJ's out there. Um, or maybe he says this, hey, so I saw what Aaron Rodgers did, Ashley. Okay. He went out there and said, here's my wish list. So for me, I like DeAndre Hopkins. Give him whatever he wants. OBJ, 
um, let's give him a nice deal, nice base, and make sure we put some incentives there that he's going to feel good about, right? And we can bridge that gap. You know, some teams at four, some teams at 20. Who else is out there? Maybe they get Ezekiel Elliott. Not nah, relax. Go to the next one. <laughs> She's like, all right, no, you're done. You're oh, done. <laughs> all right, so for our last tweet, we're actually going to head back to the NBA. And for our last tweet, we have a tweet from Nick's Muse, right? So apparently Julius Randle is having a historical season. Listen to these stats. So Julius Randle became the first player in the NBA with more than 1,800 points, more than 725 rebounds, more than 250 assists and more than 200 three-pointers. And, of course, there it, it you know makes the point that he still has 10 games left. They got a game tonight um, against the Minnesota Timberwolves. So, Ashley, I'll start with you. Knicks, they're 12 games above 500, fifth in the East, mm-hmm. right? Record of 42 and 30. What's the ceiling for Julius Randle in the Knicks? <sighs> I think the Knicks are one superstar player away from really – making some serious noise. But Mm -hmm. I think that for this squad, it has always been about building and capitalizing on what you do have, you know, for the very, for the longest time, um, you know, there was no continuity with this Knicks team. It was the front office was changing. It was the coaching staff was changing. It was the players was changing. It was very unstable and it affects multiple things. You know, when you have instability within your organization, it makes it hard to get players of a certain status to come and want to play there because they don't know what's going on. You know, there's just a lot of chaos. And most players want to just focus on ball. They don't want to deal with the chaos that surrounds them. They don't want to deal with extracurricular noise. They want to focus on what's happening on their court. They want to focus on their teammates. Also, it helps to build chemistry. You know, whether that's with a coach and its players or with players as the whole, you know, you want to build chemistry. And as we've seen, chemistry is the hardest thing to manufacture. It has to happen naturally. Now, yes, there are situations you look at the Knicks, you bring in Jalen Brunson, you bring in Hart, and they were able to kind of seamlessly just like flow into the organism that is the New York Knicks and and that continuity and that chemistry was there. That doesn't happen like that often. A lot of times it takes a while and we've seen that. Um, So... I think that that is one of the reasons why the Knicks have always struggled going ahead and getting guys who want to play there because of that. But also, like, look, I tried to tell people about this Julius Randle situation. Last season, he did not have a good year. There was a lot of things that were going on with him personally off the court, and that flowed into his game, and his interactions with the fans weren't great. But I'm a firm believer that you don't just – turn on and turn off being a good player. If it's there, if it's in you, you see it. And yes, every year is different. There's ups and downs, there's trials and tribulations, but Julius Randle has always been a good player. He has always been a player that gives you maximum effort. And yeah, sometimes he gets a little annoyed with the refs and he bickers too much and he does things that kind of just roll your eyes at and you're annoyed at. But I think that at his best, he's a conducive part of this Knicks organization and you need him to win games. He's, he's needed in order to make this team work. Whether or not people want to admit that or not, that's on them. But you have seen it. And I just think that it's great that he was able to turn around that bad year that he had and flip the switch and get back into the MIP Julius Randle when he had his year, the year prior to that, when the Knicks were the fourth seed. And 
Again, I hate to say I told you so, but I told them so. So I'm not surprised at all. But the ceiling for the Knicks right now is playoffs. I think that this is going to continue to be a playoff team. Each year you want to go ahead and try to get deeper into the playoffs. You want to go ahead and, you know, make noise in the playoffs consistently every season and ultimately win a chip. But I think they're a little bit of ways away from that. So what I would say to this is um, I think it was well said, Ashley. Mm-hmm. Um it was beautiful. It was amazing. <laughs> you better jump But uh-huh. I timed you, and that was four minutes no, and 47 seconds. It was not four minutes and 47 seconds. And I'm seconds. never going to get my four minutes and 47 seconds back. Like, you did a great job. Like, I love what you it's said. But nobody, nobody's looking for the Knicks right now. That's so Like, it had to be Ashley last night. I'm a Nets fan, <laughs> and I say fan very casually. But I'm not, I'm not texting Corey saying, can we put the, this this question in? I don't know what happened. I didn't put him in. I did not put that question in there. Don't put that on me. <laughs> she, did, she spent five minutes. Don't put that on me. On the <laughs> Don't put that on well, me. I will say this. I'm a big Julius Randle fan. When I saw this in the uh uh in the run of the show today, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, Julius Randle, why am I talking about Julius Randle? What do I want to say? But if you actually look at his uh stats and what he's been doing in his career, and also sometimes you forget like he's only twenty eight. I know it seems like oh, he's wow. been in the league a right. lot longer, right? Yeah, it yeah, seems like he, it feels like he's been in the league longer. So when I'm looking at I start looking at him this morning, I'm like, yo, dude is actually in his prime. Right. And you are right about like if they can add one or two stars, the Knicks could be right where they need to be. But obviously keeping a Julius Randle happy and this nucleus that you have now. I like Tibbs. Um, He's a hell of a coach. They have a system in place, so I do like it. And everyone knows their role. And you can speak on this even from a football perspective. If you look last season, one of the things that was a knock against the Knicks was nobody really knew what their role was because you threw all these new players into the mix, right? The previous year when they were the fourth seed, Julius Randle was the primary ball handler. He was the leader. You throw Evan Fournier, you throw these new guys into the mix, nobody really knows what their role is. And as you know, as an athlete, you are at your best when you know what you're supposed to be doing. You know everybody's role at a pivotal point in the game. With the Knicks, nobody knew, okay, who's the primary ball handler? Who's the closer? Who's the guy we go to, you know, for that corner three? Nobody knew what they were doing. And that is so detrimental to a team. The best teams in the leagues, in the league rather, know what players do what and when they're needed to do it. And the Knicks didn't have it. If you look this season, everybody knows their role and they play their role. And that is a huge difference maker. Right. Uh, that was 30 seconds. No, 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 no. <laughs> I started late. Can we add uh, oh my God. another 45 seconds to the 30 seconds and add that, <sighs> right, to, so that's 75 seconds. Mm-hmm. Let's add those 75 seconds. I definitely to the four was not talking for four minutes. Four I was minutes not talking for four minutes. He's crazy. Yeah, we talked about the Knicks today. Oh, my God. We talked about the Cowboys today. We talked about the Knicks today. Actually, it was my idea to talk about the Cowboys today. Was it? Yeah, yeah. Oh. I, I wanted to talk about the Cowboys. I, it wasn't, I didn't put the Cowboys thing in there. I'm like, five minutes. I'm sorry, Is the same fans. person who I've heard go on rants about the Broncos, Josh McDaniel, um, Russell Wilson. I mean, the list goes on and on, okay? But we'll move. We can keep it moving. Okay. <laughs> All right, guys. How about our Factor Foolish segment, huh? Let's so, if you remember right, I'm going to read these guys a statement. They got to determine whether it's Factor Foolish, but they have to give an explanation why. So, we're actually going to stay in the NBA for our first one. So, for the first one, you guys, DeMontis Sabonis is the most underrated center in the league. Factor foolish. I'm going to say foolish because I don't feel like he's underrated. People know he's a beast. His dad was a beast. Mm-hmm. He's a beast. 
Um, maybe it's because he plays in Indiana. Um, well, in I'm sorry, in Sacramento now. He's playing in a smaller market, so maybe he doesn't have those eyes as if he was playing in a Miami or a New mm-hmm. York or in L.A. But I think anybody who watches the NBA actively and consistently, not right. just when the playoffs come around, um, know that he is a beast. And there's nothing underrated about that man. So mm-hmm. I just think it's a market thing. But, nah, he's a beast and his daddy was a beast. So, yeah. so obviously, I, I mean... On paper, Joker and Embiid are sinners, right? Mm-hmm. So we know who they are. I would actually say that this is fact. This is actually fact. You know why it's fact? Really? Yeah. M- most underrated? Yeah. I don't think. I mean, it's, I feel like all, real the, NBA heads know that Sabonis is the real deal Holyfield. Yeah, like, it's but, not but, a, but that's not. We're talking about the average, not the average fan, not the avid NBA fan, but is he a household name? Do people know about him? You know, so being in Sacktown and Indiana, you just don't know about the guy. Like, we talk about – when's the last time uh, any of these major outlets or networks have written about this guy? Um, or talk what do you about mean? The Kings, are one, the, on, the Kings are one of the hottest teams in the NBA. Yeah, they not, don't stop talking talk, about him. Yeah, but, but here's the thing. We're not even talking about the Kings. Mm-hmm. It's almost like in football. In football, we talk about the Dallas Cowboys. Who's not talking about the Kings? Nobody yeah, like you turn covers. on. They don't get that much coverage. They, they don't not, get coverage. It's just it, it just happens, right? Because the okay. market is small. I'm not saying that they're not doing an amazing job, but it's just the market. It's about ratings. You talk about you know LeBron and the Lakers. We talk about LeBron and Lakers more than we talk about the Kings. And then who's having a better yeah, year? That is a fact. That is true. That's all I'm saying. That's because everyone, LeBron is. KD and Kyrie. LeBron and KD. They play eight games together. They're the low-hanging fruit. Everyone goes for the low-hanging fruit. But real NBA heads know Sabonis is the real deal. deal. So this is fact for me, foolish for Ashley. What's the next one? All right, next one, guys. Zion Williamson's availability is a legitimate concern for the Pelicans. Fact or foolish? Big facts. Huge facts. Yeah, I'll go fact here, too. And it's not just about the Pelicans. It's just, like, overall, like... You know, we're, we want to watch Zion. We're excited to see him. It almost feels like, you know, and every guy, every every guy's case is different, the injury prone or whatnot or different situations from a business perspective. But just from a fan's perspective, you want to see your greatest players perform. And we have been cheated over the last couple of years, right? Mm-hmm. Like since he's been in the NBA, we have been cheated. Right. We want to see him play and we want to see him play consistently. Right. And this is the things that are that Dame Lillard was talking about, Ashley, uh, a couple of weeks ago or last week on, you know, the old man podcast with I think I said it right. J.J. Reddick's podcast. Like he said, he's like, I, I don't know how much longer I can play in this NBA. I don't know what this is, but this is what the NBA is now. Like dudes getting dressed up. Uh, we talked about our boy earlier wearing vests with no shirts and not shaving his chest. Like it's all about that that tunnel walk, and it's all about tweeting and Instagramming. But can I see you on the court? So I I, I think that uh, this is a big problem. This is a fact. Fact. I'm gonna say fact also. Um, not so much from the fan perspective, but from I mean, look at the Pelicans. They were top three earlier this season. They're now at the twelfth spot. They're not even yeah. in the plan. Yeah. That doesn't that doesn't happen if Zion's in the mix. Um, you know, your availability is your best asset when it comes to competitive sports, especially in the NBA, especially when you're a star like Zion is. And I'm not quite sure if it's nutrition or lack thereof, if it's conditioning or lack thereof. But this can't continue. First of all, he's already built. He's a big guy. 
So weight sits on him differently Doesn't than matter. it will for somebody else. You know, his his body is different than maybe some of his peers. Um, injuries take longer Shaq when you heavy. injuries take longer when you're a heavy guy, when you're a big dude. So it is concerning that someone this young has not been available for his team for, for a lot of the time that he has been with them. This team needs him in order to be successful. Can they win games without him? Yeah, they're winning, but they're not winning in the way that you would want them to win. The Pelicans have a nice squad. And when they performed, when they played last year in the play-in, I believe it was, and, you know, they gave some teams, they gave a team, what was it, the Warriors, I believe they played? The Pelicans, was it the Warriors they played in the play-in? Or, I, I can't remember what their matchup was. Everyone kept saying, oh, if Zion was here, this would be a different game. Right. If Zion was here, this would be a different man. game. And the Pelicans gave them work. I'm drawing a blank on who the team was, but the Pelicans gave them work. And you need Zion to take you to that next level. And if he's unable to do that, and he's unable to do that consistently, that's an issue for this Pelicans so, team. So, Ashley, you Google Zion Williamson injury, and all you see is, is Zion Williamson playing? This game against the Houston Rockets. There'd be no reason for him right. to come back. The <laughs> season's over for the Pelicans. Right, it's done. right. And, and then also, you know, go to his career stats. Uh, 2019 was his rookie year. Mm-hmm. Played 24 games. Mm-hmm. Uh, last year, played 61 games. But how many games in the 82. regular season? 82. Right. This year, 29. How many games are left? 15 maybe? Not even less than nine. Fifteen. This is a problem. Yeah, this is a problem. It's an issue. Me, I don't even know guys in the locker room right now. I couldn't even be his teammate. Yeah, it's I wouldn't issue. even be able to look him in his eyes. Mm. I wouldn't be able to look Zion in his eyes. Like, come on, yeah, bro. That's tough. That's like, tough. come on. This is a problem. This is a huge problem. So, what's the next one? This is a fact. Yeah, yeah. All right. So we're gonna switch gears to the NFL. From the Knicks, y'all. Went, oh, so I'm so sorry. Thank if you the Knicks, you the, you're a Knicks. Let's do that. Let's mm-hmm. do that. Look, 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 look she starts smirking. She knows. And also, yeah, no, 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 no. Hold on, wait, real quick. You went, you, but you brought up the Zion thing about Shaq, and just want to go ahead. And there's a difference there. Remember, Shaq's a lot, t- lot bigger in height than Zion is. So when you're taller in height, you can carry more weight. Zion's what seven inches shorter we, now, than Shaq. Now we, now we scientists. Now we doctors. It's true when you when majors, you are like, when are you are tall. Here? Shaq is at least seven inches taller than Zion. So yeah. if they if they happen to weigh the same, or even if Shaq had thirty more pounds on him, it's different when you're seven eight inches taller than Zion is. He cannot weigh the same as Shaq. That's the whole eight inches shorter that's, that's than him. Process. That's not how that works. Yeah, but that's the whole process as an athlete. As you grow and you get older. You evolve, you adapt to your body, different speed, different power. That's a part of it. That's a part of the He's training. overweight, and he needs to lose weight. He lost weight. a lot of weight. He needs to lose more. He's he, he, So let me ask you this he question. He needs to lose weight. We were just talking about Julius Randle and the Knicks. Julius Randle. For five minutes and 98 seconds. It's not the same. Can, can I even it's say not, 98 seconds? Julius Randle is not the same build five as Zion Williamson. Five minutes and 98 Williamson. seconds. <laughs> say 98 Did you seconds. say that? Are you trying to tell me that Julius and Zion are the same We talked about build? the Knicks for five minutes and 98 seconds, Ashley. And you talked about them being one or two players away from... I said one superstar away. So do you want Zion? No. Ooh, okay. Mm. Okay. Okay. I did at one point. So you're over him. I did at Mm. one point. So what if he comes to you and he says, Ashley, I've been... It's not Zion's talent that I'm worried about. It's his availability or lack thereof. And what good is a player you can't utilize? I like it. I like it. Okay, next question. That's good. That's good. I thought you was going to give me something different. I thought I was going to put you in a little... Nah. (laughs) Blender. All right. (laughs) All right, so next one, guys. 
Darren Waller will become an all-pro tight end with the Giants. Factor foolish. He's already an all-pro tight end. When you're in your prime and you already reach that status, um, you know, it's just about the opportunities. Every year is Mm. different. He's an all-pro tight end in that situation. uh, I would say uh, this is fact because you still don't have a number one. He's the number one. You don't have an OBJ. You don't have a DeAndre Hopkins. Mm. You don't have that guy. Right, so he'll be the guy that gets the most targets, and I think Brian Dayball, he's a, he's a type of coach that makes it about his players and not his plays. So you'll see him getting targeted. He'll be in position. I like Darren Waller with the Giants, and like I said earlier, futures bet Ashley. What's my futures bet, Ashley? Oh. NFC East. Tell the people. I'm not even going to mouth those words. Tell out the of people my mouth. that that team in New Jersey will uh, <laughs> be the division winners which is not gonna happen but yeah i mean short and sweet situations make players and players make the most out of situations and i think that this is going to be the case with darren waller and he you know may see new traction in his career being with a team that's conducive for allowing him to do so so i think that's really what it comes down to but he's already a beast so you're yeah. fact on this too? Yeah, I'm fact on it. I think for him, it's always been his availability. Also, does he? I, you know, in Vegas, One he was dealing year. with some injuries One and year. things like that. One yeah. So, but other than Athletes. that, I mean, I don't think anyone is discrediting what he can do on the field. We've seen it. So, mm-hmm. all right. Next one, we got a good one. Ramsey and Howard are a better cornerback duo than Gilmore and Diggs. Factor foolish. Uh, listen, this is what I would say. Uh, Ramsey and How- Howard. Mm-mm-mm. <laughs> I take both. Ah, uh, jeez, yeah, I would say this shoes. is uh, this is fact because I think that uh, Ramsey uh, is going to come out this year with a lot of with a big chip on his shoulder. Um, he's extremely savvy. He's not always in position. He'll give up the big play, um, and you'll see that week in and week out. But the dude is dangerous. Howard is more technical. He's more savvy. And he's they're actually a great partnership because Ramsey's kind of like the personality. He talks. And X is like more reserved, more quiet. So I think they'll balance each other out. And I think they'll challenge each other and push each other in practice. And I think they're going to embrace this tandem. Um, Trayvon is similar to, to Ramsey, right? He's starting to talk a little bit. But it, forget that. Let's talk about the play on the field. He's going to pick some, some stuff off. But he going he gonna give up a couple big plays now. He will. He's becoming more technical, technically sound. His coach Al Harris there. He loves him. He's a freaking amazing coach and a technician. And now you add Gilmore. Gilmore's a lot like X, but he's a little older, Ashley. Right? He's been around longer. He still can do it, but he's technically sound. He's quiet. He comes about. The, he comes to, to to work, and it's all about business. But I think that. The upside is greater on the Dolphin side than the Cowboys side. So I'm going to go fact here, Ashley. Why are you looking at me like that? I'm going to pass the question. What's the next one? Because you already know where I'm going to go. Yeah. So. Where are you going? I only I rock with the star all day, yeah, every I day. Right, oh, wrong. Goodness, right, right, like... <laughs> wrong, indifferent. It's them boys all day, oh, all day, every day over here. All let right. Go, let me go to your Gilmore uh, Diggs. You know I got y'all, baby. It's us against the world. Let's go. Hold on. Let me go to your Wikipedia. <laughs> I don't Ashley have a Wikipedia. Nicole, Ashley Nicole Moss. I don't have a Wikipedia. It says uh, here on here. It says um, journalist, journalism major. Mm-hmm. 
you just broke all the rules. That's all right. I'm a you rule breaker. You can't, you can't, you can't show bias. I'm biased all day, every day. And boys, you know what time it is. We're going to the top next season. Let's go. <laughs> Yeah, all right, next one now. Get y'all scholarship back. Y'all should. Who gave you? I the wasn't scholarship? on scholarship. I went. I, or get or your degree. You should give your degree back. No, no, nah, nah, I worked. I worked for that thing. All right, what we got? All right, now, despite some of his pre-draft struggles, right? The next one is Georgia D lineman Jalen Carter mm. will shine as a rookie. Fact or foolish? I'm gonna go fact here. I mean, I'll be quick. I'll, be, I'll go factor Ashley. He no, struggled no, no, at the combine. Facts. He struggled. Well, he didn't really do anything at the combine. That's when he had to turn himself in, came back. Pro day, he struggled. But look, I don't care about those measurements. Turn on the tape. Turn on the tape. Can the kid ball? Yes or no? Yes. He's going to be fine. He's going to be fine. So I'm going factor Ashley. I think fact for that as well. I think the biggest challenge for him is going to be navigating the questions that will come from the NFL media and beat reporters and things, um, you know, that's going to be the hardest thing for him to maneuver through because the questions are going to be asked. It's going to be talked about a lot. Um, you know, the situation that he was dealing with or is dealing with still, it's it's going to be brought up. You can't allow that to go ahead and um, trickle down into your performance on the field and what you do for your team. But um, it's definitely going to be something that he's going to have to sidestep maneuver you know the team's going to try to protect him as much as possible but we'd be lying if we said those questions weren't going to be asked that would be the biggest challenge but i think when it comes to his productivity on the field and his talent and what he can do um i don't think that's going to be an issue at all and then also it was traumatic what he gone through i I didn't even account for that and talk about that right like we don't know how he's going to deal with that Mm -hmm. you know there's you know, I mean, when you have all those eyes, yeah, right. When you have all those eyes on you, and then you're asked about it, and you're going to be asked about it, mm-hmm. it can but even cloud t- your judgment a little bit. It can make you a little anxious about going into. Eyes, but take the eyes away. Just think about just oh, yeah, sitting there with yourself. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. You got to deal with like, man, you know, some of my my actions um, contributed to, you know, some of my friends not here anymore. Right, so. Even that, that's a big deal. Hopefully, hopefully he's getting the help yeah, he needs. I was gonna say that. Hopefully he's getting the this. help. This is a big deal. Mm-hmm. All right, last one, guys. Last one, last, and then the show's over. Last one. Last oh my one. goodness, let's keep going. It's YouTube, but all right, last one. All okay. Right. Now, so and there's been a lot of you know contract extension talks around this next athlete, right? Ooh, so like for that. our last one, Jalen Hurts is a top ten quarterback in the NFL. Fact or foolish? You want me to go first, or you want to go first? It's fact. There you, you can go now. Foolish. <laughs> what? Why are you looking like that? Whoa. Really? Why are you looking like that? It's Who, it's foolish. Who's your top ten? He's not top ten. He's top five. I knew, he's, uh, I knew that was coming. He's top five. <laughs> Jalen Hurts is top and that is, that's even foolish. He's top two. Oh all right. Yes. Wow. You know why? Ashley, what do they always say? We even say this around Aaron Rodgers. It's all about winning. Right now. Right now, it's about winning. Quarterbacks, wins and losses. Aaron Rodgers, oh my goodness, he he's underachieved. They didn't take all the meat off the bone because they only got one Super Bowl, right? We're talking about winning, wins and losses. Right now, he was just in the Super Bowl. So the only quarterback better than, uh, than Jalen Hurts right now is Patrick Mahomes. That's it. Add Joe Burrow. Add Lamar Jackson. Add Russell Wilson. Add... Uh, Justin Herbert, all these other, all these other quarterbacks. It's foolish. He's a top two quarterback right now. Now, could things change this year? Absolutely. 
But as of right now, Jalen Hurts is top two, so this is foolish. Even if you said top five, you just say top two. The question should have been, is he the best quarterback? Ashley, that should have been the question, Corey. Mm. Ashley, do we have anything in response to I'm this? not even going to like <laughs> You don't like that? Why don't you don't like that? Top two, Vernon. I hear I hear your rationale, but let like let's let's get down to like the nitty gritty of it. Let's ignore what happened. They didn't win the Super Bowl, right? Last mm-hmm. time I checked, they lost. Last okay. time I checked, there was no parade in Philly. Okay. So let's take the Super Bowl out of the equation. All the quarterbacks mm-hmm. in the NFL: Aaron Rodgers, yep. Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Derek Carr, Russell Wilson. Okay. I'm just naming guys. Okay, I'm not playing them in order. I'm not playing them in order. Zach Prescott. You got you got all these guys in there. Yep. You have him number two after Patrick Mahomes. Yep. Okay. Yep. Number two. Because look, all we're going to look I, at I is. I give you listen. Top ten, hundred percent. It's like Tom I could Brady. even make an like top ten, hundred percent. I could even make an argument for top five. I wouldn't even really be mad at it if someone told me top five, but two. That's right. That's right. right. Because here's the deal. This is what we look at. We look at uh, you know we we throw in all the stats. Mm-hmm. Uh, QBR. We throw in completion percentage, yards, touchdowns to intercept, interception ratio, all of that. But sometimes none of that means anything. You go to Tom Brady, his first year in Tampa, they won the Super Bowl. But if you look at it outside of him dinking and dunking, you know, he had statistically he had a good year. But what made Tom Brady and the Bucks really special was everything he did in the locker room uh, when they were watching film in the classroom. He made everybody in the organization better. Like, just watch this guy and his sound bites, how he talks, how he conducts himself. He makes everyone better. It's nothing but up for Jalen Hurts, Ashley. Yes, 100%. And, and, and those things, if you, take that out, if you take that out of that organization, mm-hmm. that organization may be an eight-win team. But how can you say, going back to when you were wrong, because the Eagles were a prediction to go to the Super Bowl, you know, but you even said in that conversation, you said nobody expected Jalen Hurts to be what Jalen Hurts was this I season. Did. You did, but you said yeah. overall that was not the expectation. People were not knowing what to expect from him, right? Yep. So how can you go from that to him having a year that surprised a lot of people, maybe not you, but the majority of people, and automatically put him in the two. In order to put him in the two for me, or even the top five, I can understand someone made an argument to put him in the top five, but for me, he's not top five yet. I have to see what he looks like now that the tape is out on him. Right. Now that everybody knows, oh, okay, Jalen Hurts is a quarterback you got to look out for. Now, once what he does with this year, now the books, the, the tape is out on him, the right. book is out on him. It doesn't matter. It's going to be the difference. So, so yes, you things. did, because look what Patrick Mahomes. After Patrick Mahomes, the tape was out on him. What did he do next year? He came back, still dominated. Now, listen, his spot solidified. If Jalen Hurts regresses. I respect that. You can't have him. At, how but, are you putting him with two for one say. good year? I respect that, but this is what I'm going to say. Sometimes when you see it, you know it. He's special. He's so and special, it's, yes. And, it's, and yes. it's not about, like, it's not about the physical. It's about everything else, how he leads, you know, his professionalism, all of that. Absolutely. You got these big personalities. How do you how do you deal with a Devontae Smith and a A.J. Brown, right, and all these other characters that come into play? He does it. He's the guy. He's managed to be to, to put himself in position. Put, you're not a top two quarterback because you're a nice guy. You're you're a top two quarterback when you win. Okay, yeah. Right, and that's what I'm saying. And so here's to your point. I agree with you, right? Let me see what you do this year. But here's why he'll always be in position with this uh, with this head coach because it's about the players and not the plays. 
and it's simple football. Their football is not sophisticated at all. This is not, you know, misdirection with the Shanahan. This is not mm-hmm. Coach Payton. We're going to give you a thousand formations, a thousand different looks, and you have to adjust, but it's really the same place. It's not that. It's if there's if there's eight in a box, okay, we're going to throw it. Mm-hmm. If there's seven in a box, six in a box, we're going to run it. And he makes the plays. Look at what they do outside. And that's what makes him special. And the other thing that you said, you're talking about, well, Brandon, how do you go from saying that nobody believed, which I did, to you now did? saying he's top two? It's because I don't care about everybody's opinion. I'm not saying My you. opinion is the only well, thing that Okay, let me ask you this. Game is on the line. You have these three quarterbacks that you can go ahead. Oh, now she want to change the rules. No, no, no. Now she's I wanna, changing the rules. I have a reason. I have a method to this. Okay. You have three quarterbacks. You have actually. I'm gonna give you four quarterbacks to give you a lot to choose from. You have four quarterbacks you can choose <laughs> now from. Now she want to make it tougher. It's a two minute <laughs> drill. Game on the line. Russell right. Wilson. Hold on. These are your four quarterbacks. Wilson, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Joe Burrow. Who do you want? Russell Wilson. So how can you put Jalen Hurts above Russell Wilson if you just said you would pick him over Jalen Hurts because to win you a you game? You just talked about situational football. But there's a reason. Uh, there's a reason that you, you should ask a better question. Okay, <laughs> those same four quarterbacks. Who do you no, want to not, lead? You who, change those, the rules those again. Those four quarterbacks. Why who do you want this? to? Those four quarterbacks. Who do you want to lead Why your franchise? Are you being mean right now? Who's your franchise Why quarterback? Are you being mean right who's now? your franchise quarterback? Who's my franchise? Out of those four guys, who's your franchise quarterback? See, all right, this is what I'll say. I'll <laughs> answer your question. Now. I'm gonna answer your question, but first, do this. Can we put the question back up there, and then we'll end the show? Can we put the question up there? Jalen Hurts is a top ten and you said he's right top now. two. And what I'm saying is, when you look at who's winning and who's losing, you got to say yes. Uh huh. Okay, but to answer your other question, because you want to change the rules, who are you taking? I'm going with uh, Joe Burrow right now. So how can you put uh, Jalen Hurts above Joe Burrow if Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow didn't win this year? He went into yeah, no, neither did neither no, did Philly. No, right Philly now, didn't win a gotta, Super Bowl. They didn't win that game. It, listen, Joe we, Burrow we went into Buffalo and in the snow Don't matter. and bounced the Bills and Josh Allen Don't out matter. at and, home. And, and, and you ain't you ain't make it back to the Super Bowl. And the Eagles didn't win the Super Bowl. They made it. They was but there. But they to, didn't win. They were there. They seen Rihanna. Almost. They only, seen Rihanna. Almost, I saw Rihanna too on my TV. Yeah, like, but you ain't seen how they seen her. They were in the locker room. They no no they say almost only counts in horseshoes, big dog. No, only counts in horseshoes. Rules. Ashley Nicole Moss is changing I'm the rules. I'm not changing rules. Come back tomorrow because she's going to change the rules again. Um, I promise you guys, we won't talk for six minutes mm-hmm. or five minutes and ninety eight seconds on the Knicks. <sighs> we'll never get that time again, Ashley. But the Cowboys conversation was awesome, right? So want to see him tomorrow? You want to? You want to? You want to do your thing? Do I'm your thing. Do say. your thing. No. Do it. Ciao. Ciao. <laughs> Bye. See y'all tomorrow. Paper route. Love y'all. Peace. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. 
every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.